0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Minnesota Sports Rewind. And what year was it, 2009 or 10, when the Brett Favre lookalike guy 10, was roaming 10, around? 10. 10, Yep. So Brett had not, Brett had retired, and it was year two of Brett Favre in Mankato. Mm-hmm. And this dude, there was a TV station that... That went with this in Mankato because they thought yes. someone thought they saw Brett Favre in a convertible or in a truck or something. But no, the Firebird, the Firebird, a, Firebird. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Jim, yeah. a Jim Rockford Firebird, basically, right. But the best part of the story is he walks in the old owner of Boomtown uh, Day. I can't remember Dan's last name, and Dan's telling the story. He says, okay, this guy walks in, and he, and he does look like Brett Favre. He's got the cap pulled down low, and it's lunchtime, <laughs> but a little bit later, so maybe one o'clock, so it's not quite as crowded. And and this guy, Brett Favre lookalike guy, walks up to the bar and asks the owner, "Hey, what uh, time does this place get busy?" we <laughs> just, just totally playing it <laughs> off. He goes, "Oh, not till later." And, okay, "Okay, okay." Uh, so I, I I could probably sit in a
1: booth
0: because <laughs> <laughs> you can know uh, you know you can gotta gotta be, be kind of careful right? when I'm down here you know <laughs> oh. walks walks into a divey dive bar of all dive bars. Sweat-stained cat pulled down. Chip
1: though. and I were standing on the sidelines when somebody, and this actually might have been when the TV station was trying to track him down. Yes. When somebody comes up and is like, I am been- Somebody saw someone who looks just like Favre driving a Firebird around town. He's at the mall, and then and then the best part was he's at the mall. He started, he's he started moving he's a, like a tornado. Her burgers. No, no, he was at the mall, and then the next report I got, he was at Culver's, and then yeah. what'd you say, Chipper?
2: I think someone saw him at a grocery store. <laughs> he's
0: Just moving around. He's in the produce section. He's like Bigfoot. Where is he? <laughs> yeah. I uh, need some celery to go along with my peanut butter. And I swear yeah. to God, there were people that started leaving to go oh. try and find the fake Favre. No, but the, I think one of the news outlets went with it as if no, I think Brett right. Favre oh, is in town. town. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, there might be a Brett yeah. Favre. No, the Brett Favre is in town. And knowing what
2: you know, what <laughs> odds would you have given that Brett Favre would step one foot in Mankato? Oh, oh zero. Oh, right? Yeah. No, There was no chance he was coming <laughs> to Mankato or any... Uh, of training camps. Unless so.
0: unless he stayed in the nicest hotel in Bloomington and someone chauffeured yeah. him down every single day. No. No, and no, no, down the, no, no. Even then, probably. No, there not. was nothing. Could you imagine him riding a bike around Mankato? He, up didn't, and
1: down? he didn't want to go to training camp with the Packers, and they trained across the street from Lambeau Field. <laughs> yeah. He was not going to any city that was this, you know, I gotta get in the car and drive. No, that was never yeah. going to happen. Although, I will say this. Brett Favre, as big a pain in the butt as it became, Chipper, the 2009 and 10 and eight to a degree training camps were turned, went from being what mm-hmm. would have been mundane and boring to being theater every yeah. day. Down to down <gasps> to the worst practice I've seen of all time. Yeah, the day that they basically went into a panic. Yeah, when poor Tavares and Sage were skipping balls off the dirt in and that last had practice. They played a couple preseason
0: games yes. at that but point you, too.
2: If, if I remember correctly, Joe Judd, remember. Farvid called Childress before, like the day before we went down there, and said, "I can't do it." Yeah, he so said. we thought it was over at that no, point. He actually even... said,
0: "Am I going to do it? Am not going to do it? Maybe, maybe." maybe. And I so, took that to mean I'm done, so, so they had <laughs>
2: moved on. And so the first couple, uh, maybe the first week at training camp is like sort of depressing because you're like, "Man, that would have been fun." I mean, you just thought it was done, and then we should have had our antennas up higher because they had that practice. I think it might have been even their last day before they went up for a preseason game. It was. It was last night. and they could not complete a
0: pass. I mean, it was like seven on seven. They could not complete a pass. <laughs> it was. I remember. I was standing there with you guys. Yeah. And, I, but, and they, it was. It was two hoppers to shortstop. Yeah. You know, it was terrible. But
2: I, re- I remember going to the uh, <laughs> Childress was, was talking after that practice, and you're thinking, "Oh boy, he's just going to absolutely lose his mind," and he could not have been in a better mood. And I remember walking out there. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I remember walking uh, out there. It was like, yeah. boy,
2: that wasn't what I thought. I thought he would just, you know, why is he be, so comfortable with his why, quarterback situation? Why is he, why is he happy? Is it, this doesn't make sense? And then, you know, he oh, we, it, puts the sunglasses <laughs>
0: on, lights a smoke, starts taking questions. <laughs> we're good. Uh, but yeah, you're. Uh, we're uh, we're, we're going to be fine. We're going to revamp. Yeah, you're I right. You're,
1: you're right because you thought it was. You thought it was done, and then so. That story then rebroke after they got back here. Cause I remember Correct. I was at home and got a call saying, Farve's coming back. He's yeah. going to fly in, which led, of course, to the, yeah. the Childress going out to the tarmac at, uh, Hol- Holman Field. And that's my favorite of all time was Childress goes out to pick up Favre in his, uh, in, in his sport util- utility yeah, yeah. vehicle. And he gets out to the tarmac and he reclines the seat. <laughs> yeah. And like gets down so nobody can see that it's Brad Childers. <laughs> and meanwhile, there's a huge media throng out there. Yeah. Like, oh, that's Brad's car. <laughs> <It's> clear, <laughs>
2: quite clearly, yes. Think about that. The head coach went and picked up the quarterback
1: at the airport, which did not sit well with some players. Well. And then, and then, of course, it was downstairs, Channel 5 did the big city thing and dispatched the helicopter Yes,
0: it was it was the O.J. chase on yes. TV. Yeah. It yeah. was it, except it was a black SUV instead yeah. of a white SUV.
1: Do you remember the guy at Winter Park on the corner with the chicken suit? Mhm. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. That was one of the greatest. Yeah. That now in retrospect was such a circus that there's so many small things that are just hysterical that, me- memories of That
2: That is one of those days in your career where you you know it's a top 5 day in your career where just the bizarre nature of it, and everything is going on, and the excitement, and you know, when he walked out of that locker room wearing, you know, a number four and invite me, mean, I think it was red or maybe may uh, it was it
0: was red because the they the red but, quarterback jersey. But
2: just seeing him with the Vikings, and you're yep. thinking, is this really happening? It I mean, is this totally is this happened. real?
0: Yeah, I, I, just to go to even go back to what Jeb was saying, painting the scene outside Winter Park. So not only did you have pretty much everyone, all all fans and people in town are watching on TV and. Five eyewitness news has the helicopter following from the airport, following an SUV, and yeah. on the screen it's I think I don't think they had confirmed it necessarily, but it was you know Brett Favre question mark. Yeah. And so people you could just feel the energy in the Twin Cities. And then the of course the three of us and mm-hmm. probably a thousand fans, maybe yeah. at least a guess, few hundred yeah. fans, all up and down, and that whole area is different now, but just outside the boat at Winter Park in be- between the big blue building where the media center is. Across the street, yeah. And people were just flooding the streets. And I remember cars and trucks, people just driving by. Yeah. People had caught wind clearly on the radio or on TV. Holy crap, Brett Favre's on his way to Winter Park. So there was just a stream of cars driving by Winter Park, windows down, yep. leaning out, asking, Is he here? <laughs> yeah. Is he it's here? Right, yeah. yes, or
1: they're Brett just coming by and hawking. And then they then they storm yelling
0: and then they storm <laughs> uh, Childress's
2: car when he was pulling in they came down and he pulled in all those fans like rushed counting the on the window. You know, yeah
1: she just loved it oh that whole was, that oh, was yeah. such an ego trip he loved that that was the moment
2: where he felt super important and, and I, then and then he had no control over his offense after that of course <laughs> See, that's
0: where and that's where like <laughs> that's if, okay. if he could go back in retrospect be less rigid and and try to make that thing work even for 2010 maybe brett Favre was just going to be out of gas i still say and i'm speaking on behalf of vikings fans here as devastated as people were after they lost that game, the NFC Championship game, all of it was worth it. That was the that was the '70s are one era, but there have been two distinctly exciting seasons in my lifetime as a guy who's about to turn 32 years old, and they both been heartbreaks. But that was oh. such an amazingly fun run in 2009. Yeah, that was
2: of any team I've covered, any season I've had, by far the most fun I've had covering a team because it was just so interesting, and you know you'll you know, I know Vikings fans will just. You know, you will never get over. Probably, you outplay a team. Oh, that severely. Statistically, it's yeah. crazy.
1: If you, but if you go back to two thousand and you look at the uh, uh, major league men's team sports successes in this town, wild in two thousand three was fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Twins had some fun runs. Which were short,
0: some fun regular season right. yeah, so but, only uh, get yeah. swept but yeah. quickly within but five you, days.
1: But you name me if I was to say rank rank something number one, and then give me give me where you think the second thing would, would rank. So you could say two, three, four, or five. To me, it's that vikings run in 2009 is one basically
0: 1 since 2 since 2000 right yes. So 98 doesn't yeah. But what yeah. i'm
1: saying is that 2009 vikings season to me would probably be about 1 through 5 the next the next most exciting thing would probably be about 6 on my yeah, list yeah
2: i would I mean for me and i you know i moved here in 2000 january 2000 2009 vikings clearly won. but it, yeah, I mean, we had a blast with that Wild team in 2003. That was a fun run and fun team to cover. It was, but it
1: because it was unexpected and sort of, uh, oh my gosh, it's fun. The Favre thing from the day he got here, because yeah. he was Favre, yeah. was like, you were watching this guy who was a legend for your, for the team that your fan base absolutely yeah. hates, and he was, at that age... To be as good as he was for that year. Mm. That's the thing that amazed me. I mean, he was dominant for for a lot of that year. And and what was fun fun about it too was the first two games.
0: You're like, okay, that's he's, the thing.
1: He's okay. And then in week three, the pass to against San
0: Fran, Greg Lewis, Greg Lewis, Greg yeah. Lewis that pass. You're like, oh my gosh. But that's that, I think what what made that season even more charming is you didn't you didn't know exactly what you were getting in Brett Favre because. Mm-hmm. He had just underwent bicep surgery after a mediocre season with the Jets. He started off hot but just looked broken down by the end. And And you didn't know. You didn't know if you were getting a game manager. In the first couple games of the regular season, it was mostly handed off to Peterson, throw for 150 yards. And, oh, is he, is yeah. he just going to be a, a kind of a Gus Ferrat? What What is this? And then all of a sudden, second half against San Francisco. And that point forward, it yeah. was 300, three touchdowns, career season. And, and, and you could, now that you look back, Starting in about late November, early December, you could see things starting to erode, not necessarily as far as physical abilities, but strife between coach and quarterback. You started to lose a few games here and there. Mm-hmm. Defense wasn't quite as strong as maybe it was early in the season, and and it scripted forward was, to be a tragedy, football tragedy. Was Schism that year or 2010?
1: Uh, no, Schism was two thousand. Right? No, because they were joking about it. I thought it was two thousand. I thought it was 2009 because I remember talking. I remember seeing Ziggy at the owner's meetings in Orlando in what would have been March of 2010. And he saw Schefter and said, Schism this. What? He <laughs> and, said,
0: Schism this?
1: Yeah, so it was very uncomfortable. Did he grab his junk? But he basically thought. <laughs> He thought it would be really funny to say, you know, it's sk- good. Yeah. So I think that that was after 09 because it was a joke at that time. But it and there was nothing after 2000. Was it, was yes. it during the season? Yes, it was during that.
0: I miss public speaking Ziggy. He hasn't spoken publicly in a few years, has he? Does he speak at things anymore? I don't think. When is the last time he talked publicly? I think like, Mark has taken over most of oh, he the, did. the yeah, corporate yeah. Speech. Well, he, he, he had the press conference after... I've got pro football talk from August 27th, 09. ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting oh, there's a preseason schism, schism. Was that early? in the locker room regarding <laughs> the identity of the team starting quarterback. On Thursday, Favre <laughs> addressed the report, per Judd Zolgad of the Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune. The newest old Viking was, quote, clearly annoyed by the report. Wait, so was this, the schism was about who's going to start at quarterback? A faction of players who prefer Tavares Jackson. Oh, come <laughs> on. Wait a
2: second. What? Schefter! <laughs>
1: Shefty bomb,
0: boy. Adrian Wojnarowski doesn't whiff like that. Come on, Shefty, step up your game, man. How
1: important do you think it was in, in the uh, big picture of things back then, too? That Brett had those first two games with, that they won. I think they won at Cleveland, Cleveland Detroit. first, yeah. And he managed the game like yeah. he was not expected. Adrian, Adrian took over. Adrian took over. Uh, and I remember going into that san francisco game
2: we got a game manager we got yeah and I, <laughs> his wrote, arms his arm can't hold up
1: i wrote that and yeah. I, remember, I remember asking him about you know hey you're yeah. you're just here to run the ship yeah and the magical thing was any time like i didn't yeah. think about this at the time but brett's like bleep you yeah so i did
2: well then i think it, like the first two games you're like okay this is going to be a different Brett Favre. This is not going to be the gunslinger. This is going to be the wise old veteran quarterback who just no kind mistake. of or- who, no yeah, who just kind of or- Go yeah. forcing the ball. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to. But then he uncorks that one to Greg Lewis, and then I remember standing down there like, okay, this is this is what what they signed up for. Yes. Then you're thinking, okay, this this team can do anything. This team could win the Super Bowl. If they're that good. With if Favre can do that, and then. But the, I go back to even think, remember where they were in Carolina and and he was taking a beating because Peppers kept running around McKinney. and Oh, yeah. And he lets it out that uh, Childress wanted to take oh, him out and Childress, That's Actually, you know, that was like the th- game 13. Hold on. I, I've got was there the two games after that?
1: Uh, I've got the schedule right in front of me. It was uh, week 15 of that season at Carolina. They lost 26 to 7.
2: And remember, Peppers was just. Drilling that—that
1: that was the first time that we saw that there were issues between sure Farv and Childress. I think until then, if they didn't see eye to eye on things, it had been masked pretty well. When did schism was schism next year? Uh, schism was the was uh, no 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 schism. I schism. I think was it might have been, but that was but that was so made up. Uh, yeah, but it was was it that year. Although it was far related, so it might have been.
2: I think it was that year.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it early was, though is real. It early. was early that year, and and then because it was in at the combine in 2010 when when Ziggy saw Schefter and said, "Kiss my schism." <laughs> that was in the combine. To, so yeah, you're right. 2009. But that
2: but that was the first time where yes. you know, he just kept talking. He's like, "Yeah," and Chilly wanted to take me out, wanted to bench not bench me, but take me out. Brad was going to take me out. Yeah. And we're like, whoa. Because we
1: asked Brad about it, and Brad gave a, you know, yeah. soft-pedaled the answer. And then Brett's the one where I said it looked – because they had a clear view on the NBC telecast of him pull pulling of- – Brett pulling away from Brad. Yeah, and i think, that's what it was. Yeah. And I think my question to Brett was, it looked like something was going on. And, you know, I expected nothing yeah. really. And he said, yeah, he won't take me out. That's the only and that's time. Sir-
2: people circle back to children's who was in the shower or whatever. Tom Powers went and found him. <laughs> well, we we Tried
0: were out all the shower. on deadline. Yeah.
1: We're, we're all on deadline. And and so, so I'm like, that's the only time that I actually cut Brett off because yeah. he wouldn't stop. And or, ordinarily, he would just keep going and keep going. But yeah. we were on deadline. Yeah, it was up game. against it. And Brett's like, he's going to take me out, and I'm like, what? And yeah. he's like, oh yeah. And then he went into it, and I finally cut him off, and I, I, I got to go. Yeah. Powers, who had filed for the early run in St. Paul, and so so was on deadline, but like a secondary deadline, yeah. so he was fine. He um he found Brad and like chased him, and like it, he, Brad stepped out of the shower in a towel, and <laughs> Powers is like, <laughs> Powers is like, you know what? Brett just said you were going to take him out. And like Brad flipped, yeah. And they had to get Powers out. I, the story <laughs> I've heard is they had to get him out of the locker room. <laughs> and Brad's like going crazy. Like, why do you tell him that? Yeah. Why do you tell him that? Why you get to blah blah blah? But I do believe in Brad's defense on that one. I do believe that he was afraid that Bryant McKinney was going sure. to get him killed. Well, and they were losing the game, and and the game was, was over.
2: It, it was twenty six to seven, but it yeah. felt like if you asked that score. Yeah. I'd say forty one to seven. That's what it felt like. Yeah, and the way the peppers was just. They couldn't block him. I mean, oh, well, they McKin- literally I could don't know not what block
1: was wrong, him. But but no. that's Bryant McKinney. For all his faults, was a pretty talented left sure. tackle. Yeah, he. I don't know what was wrong, but Brett was going to get killed. Yeah.
2: So it was the it was in hindsight, it was the right, yes. right decision to get him out of there and protect him for you know playoffs. Yes. Oh my god, think of all the memories of that year. Jeez. Oh yeah. Well, I'm going through the schedule. So so, Brett is basically
1: the game manager week one and two. Okay, yep. that's fine. The Week 3 game, Greg, Greg Lewis, Lewis yeah. which is, by the way, one of the best passes I've ever
2: seen. J- just as far as not... It felt like you could do it a thousand times and not fit it right there with that, that circumstances.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... And I still don't know to this day how Greg Lewis, of all people, <laughs> caught that ball because... He had to elevate he could get his foot down. He had to elevate himself. Yeah, go up, get that. And by the way, that was a missile. Yes, that was not a. That was not no, a floater. That was. A, there was no what I would call touch on that pass. It was a, you're going to catch this bullet. Yeah, or or you're not.
2: If it was baseball, we'd get exit velocity off that one. That yes, was, exactly.
1: That's what but then week four is the Packers game. The Monday night the, the game, bo- oh, which I believe then was followed the next day by Game One Sixty Three Tigers and Twins in the yes. Metrodome. Like this is one of the most magical, yeah. magical times. Well, in an, in a, a brief area of sports in the state, and I
2: remember going back there to to Green Bay and the whole you know how loud is he going to get booed and what's it going to sound like, and I remember being at Prescott uh, press box and you know they have the glass so you don't get the full brunt of it until you you go outside and you can hear the fans leaving but so the team comes out and you hear the booze and you're like yeah you know that wasn't that bad and then it just like a jet engine takes off like when you said that like the 747 and it's like yep it's like holy cow And, and i think that i i honestly think that rattled far i mean he played great but talking to him after the game I don't think he expected it to be like I thought. He, I, I thought. He, I think in his mind it's going to be 50-50. Have you ever heard louder boos in your life? No, no, never. I mean, it was like honestly, God, it was deafening. And because the the team came out, and then the, you could tell the fans were they're booing them just because the Vikings, and then they spotted Favre, and it was loud. So the press box in Lambeau
1: Field is, for lack of a better term, hermetically sealed. Sure, like there's no there's no air that comes in it, there. Yes. Um, and ordinarily when you hear booing, it's almost like more of a shrieking. Yeah. Like it's sort of a higher – I, yeah. I want to say it's a higher pitch to what you're saying about it sounding like a jet engine. This is the only time I remember hearing booing that was, it was so loud and so deafening and so prolonged yeah. that it was at a lower level. <laughs> That's right. And, yeah. and I've never in my life when he ran through that that little tunnel – which the visitors come out in in Lambeau Field, Chip. I've never in my life felt that booing made a stadium shake. Yes, and I felt that press box was not like the jump around, yeah, shaking, yet. yeah, but it was it was it felt like being at five o'clock in rush hour on a bridge and you are stopped in traffic, uh, yeah, and you can feel that give in the bridge, yeah. That's how it felt.
2: It did. It, it made you go whoa, like you hadn't seen that before. But then look at how he played. I mean, his stat line that night was. Talk about a guy who can focus, and but but you saw probably the the quintessential farm in that situation when his dad died. In, oh, know, that Oakland. was one of the most I mean, incredible things. I mean, you're and, there alive.
1: Well, and guys loved him so much, and that that's the thing about him the intangibles
2: that he had.
1: The game after his dad died in in Oakland on Monday night around Christmas of two thousand three that was guys were making catches, and actually in in the Vikings game at Green Bay, so yeah. not the same thing, but I could feel it. People were
2: making plays they weren't capable of making. Yeah, they're, yeah. It they, was
1: off the charts. Yeah,
2: but in, in talking to him after the game, I, I I just got the sense that he didn't think it was going to be that loud, that he was probably hoping for some cheers in <laughs> there, too, but it was not. Well,
1: he he, w- yeah, I mean, there was, they hated him at that moment. Yes. I, I mean, that is, is clo- if you ever have a question of love and hate being close, yeah. that answered the question yes. of, um, last thing. So part of the reason why to this day I feel like people should retire early if they can just get out. Brett Favre coming back in 2010 is one of the most monumental and I don't, and I know yeah. he didn't want to and I'm not even assessing blame here. Yeah. But part of the reason why when guys walk a little bit early, I'm always like, good for you. Yeah. Is after see, after seeing someone go through that. And, and that's also, and that's also 2009 into 10 really defined my view of Never assume you can do it again.
2: Yeah, because, um, well, on him, and I understand why he did it, because I mean, he finished second MVP bowling. Statistically, it it's was one of his best years. Off the charts. And so if you're, if you're a competitor, anybody, and you do that, you're like, well, man, I got a ton left. Why would I walk away from this when I, I was almost MVP of the league or, and probably could have been a lot of years? I'm leaving too much on the table. And so that was hitting the cliff, like, Literally driving to the edge and hitting cliff, but yeah, that season just and children used to say it, and you you kind of roll your eyes, but I, I agree. It's like every season's independent of his own, yep. and you cannot duplicate circumstances. And Brad that team came back intact. I don't know. Did they change one starter from nine to ten?
1: No, I don't think they did. If they did, it was one guy. Well, yeah, but that. But you know what, Brad, for for the first time in his in Mike piece had the great line. In 2010 he was trying to save his marriage. In two thousand nine, which is a thousand percent correct. Yeah. Now at that time with the whole Jan Sturger thing, they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um but the other thing too with Brett is and this is what makes it so tough when it comes to what motivates human beings. A Super Bowl would have been nice, but ultimately he just wanted to beat the Packers twice. Yes. And he did. And he showed them. And so so his own Motivation for coming back in 2010 was, or for being talked in, into it, was misguided, because he really got what what he, he wanted. A, I think he
2: wanted to beat the Packers, but more than that, I think he wanted to show them, "Hey, I'm still a great quarterback." Sure. Well, he wanted and to you're show you're turning the page yeah, on me to go to Aaron right. Rodgers, and yep. not only am I going to beat you, I'm going to show you how great I am. And he did that, and I'm guessing, well, when when you have to be begged to play.
1: Your heart's not in
2: it. Especially football.
1: Yeah. Like, that's way too harsh
0: a sport. Yeah.